everybody. I'm Andy Weinberg, and welcome to episode 47 of the David Wasikinen In the Pocket podcast. We're beginning our second year here at Wildfire Radio and Philly Rock Radio, and uh, I'm here, as I am every week here in the Wildfire Studios in West Effort, New Jersey, and it's nice here. Okay, it's, you know, it's, it's a nice sunny day, but... But David, on the other hand, now he's out in probably one of the most beautiful places in the country, at least judging by the pictures and video you and Dallin have sent. Dave's out in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Right on a house right on Dave, Dave, describe describe what you're looking at right now. Well, um, actually, we're right on the borderline. We're actually we're in Cal. Oh, okay. uh, All right. Northern northern side. But but last night I had dinner in Nevada. So and then we drove like uh, a half a mile. We're at Pierre's place, but um, right now I'm sitting on the on uh, is it's just an, it's a remarkable place. It's been in his family for 30 years, and um, I'm on a patio, and I'm overlooking. If, if anybody out there ever saw uh, the movie The Godfather 2, um, I'm overlooking uh, that lake, that waterbed uh, that uh, Fredo and Al Neri took uh, up on the boat to go fishing. Right, that, that, trip, little, uh, that trip didn't go uh, well Mike, for Fredo, yeah. It didn't go well for Fredo, poor Fredo, but, but um, they filmed it. Uh, there's the dock. I don't know if they used that dock right there, but they filmed it right. Pierre told me, the Francis Ford Coppola, filmed that uh, part of the film right out of the movie, right out here to my right. And I'm overlooking these amazing boats. Uh, he has a boat out here that we're going to take out today. I mean, it's 70 miles of a paradise. I mean, it's, it's insane. And look, you know, I've been fortunate to, you know, with the Hooters being traveling around the world and being some remarkably beautiful places, you know, I mean, every time you go to Norway and the fjord, it blows your mind. This it, jaw dropping, beautiful. I mean, uh, it, you're surrounded by mountains. I could see snow caps over there and it's seven. And, and yet yesterday was a little cold. I'd say it was cold even yesterday, but today, I'm out here. It's a beautiful day in the 70s, and um, it couldn't be better, man. <laughs> I'm here with my wife, Dallin, and uh, a couple of friends joined us, and uh, Pierre. And yeah, you casually you casually mentioned Pierre. Um, we're talking, of course, about yes. Pierre Robert, the legendary. You know, people throw legend people throw legend around like you know, like it's. Oh. A, but when you talk Pierre Robert and Philadelphia radio, absolutely a legend. Been there, been in MMR since yeah. 1981, coming up on his 40th anniversary mm. on the air. Yeah. And so I guess this is the, the yeah. place you're staying. This has been in his family for mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. Is that the deal? Since the 30s. As a matter of fact, if we, you know, I think at some point he'll join us. Uh, you could t- he could tell you a little bit more about the history of the place because it's been in his family since the 30s. And, uh, you know, he's told me about it for a long time. And, uh, but... Once you step foot here and you come through the gate and you're in, you understand why he does what he does sometimes. Get, gets has to get on a plane, flies out here at this remarkable place that takes you back in time. And, um, it, it, you know, there's a lot, a lot of great history. Some really cool people have stayed here. I mean, um, uh, uh, I would, there's a little guest book uh, in there. And uh, uh, I saw... Um, yeah, Robbie Krieger, uh, 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 what's his name, Paul, the Horn, Paul Horn, Jasper. These are all like amazing musicians. I, I, I said to him, I said, this would be a great room, place to come and just write songs. Because everything you look at, there's always a, there's a story behind everything in this place. And there was, um, 
there was a cottage that was connected to the to his place here that he no longer owns. And I said, now that would be a great recording studio. Right. <laughs> Let's buy it back. Yeah. But, uh, is that uh, is that the water I hear in the background? I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 uh, there's a little beach. Uh, I'm a da- I'm down. She's gonna shoot some video, but uh, I'm. Uh, uh, there's a little boat right here. You walk down the steps, um, and I'm, I'm looking at a little sand sand uh, beach, and I'm looking at the water. Uh, people, I see two people going out on a canoe. Uh, dude, it couldn't be any more beautiful it's that so so freaking cool man yeah so, well, so cool yeah and See i know cool it chilled me out so much i didn't even say the f word well not yet dave it's only it's only been the first five minutes of the show yeah, we got yeah. a long we got a long way to go but <laughs> <laughs> and i know you know with the year you've had uh, you know just getting away and 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 yeah. just being surrounded by nature and beauty like that i'm sure it's 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 a wonderful oh, experience man. instant defrag yeah uh, uh, Down and I took a drive up to Truckee yesterday, uh, which is a little town. And I found out uh, later on, because a buddy of mine uh, that I know from social media said, hey, man, can we hook up uh, somewhere? He's a musician. Uh, and I asked him, are you playing anywhere? Because he wanted me to come play. And I'm, I said, he happens to be playing Thursday, so I won't be able to make it Thursday night. Uh, so, you know, it's just... Um, it, we drove out. We drove out the Truckee, and my buddy Randy Cantor has a house out there. And I, I didn't know it, and I've done some records with him. And uh, it's a great little beautiful town that's about ten miles out of here. And we're really not that far from San Francisco either, either. You know, so you know, a couple of miles away. But we were learning a little bit about the history, how people would take a vacation out to um, take a vacation, and, and they would take the train out here. You know. Right. Uh, I don't know if you can hear Dallin. Dallin say hi, Dallin. Yeah, let's, let's let's say hi to Dallin. Hey, um, put the, put Dallin on. Can, can you hear? Can you hear her? Here, put those on, Dallin. Put those on. She can tell you. But yesterday we were, took a drive, and um, and uh, we got some history on the whole. Can you hear it? Okay. Hello. Hi, Dallin. Oh, hey, Andy. Oh, she, you sound like <laughs> so, you, you sound great. How? What do you think? What do you think of this place? Oh, my God. I was saying it's like heaven on earth. It's yeah. absolutely magnificent. It's like an Instagram shot at yeah. every angle. Yeah, really nice. Really nice. And, you know, he comes out here and, and uh, we just had a really nice hang, you know, so. Right. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully Pierre will wake up and, and we'll, we'll have him on uh, before we're done here uh, this hour. Yeah. Uh, I know he's yeah, on. Some- I know he's on Pierre standard time, and that that doubles <laughs> that doubles when yeah, he's out on vacation. I mean, that's... it maybe triples. <laughs> he's getting some coffee in his system right now. Yeah, All right. Hey, dude, he makes coffee. I had he made me this coffee, and I swear to God, I I, I thought maybe I had to go to rehab after I had the coffee. <laughs> oh it was like so, like my stomach. I got a buzz from it. it was unbelievable. Well, he just made another pot. So. <laughs> he did. Yeah. I might have to just a little bit of that. All right. Well, we'll, we'll hopefully. I'm, I'm gonna go get coffee and breakfast for David, everyone. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and I'll get Pierre out here. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll be hearing from Pierre shortly. Hey, I I, I uh, do want to mention uh, you folks could be listening to this show uh, any day of the week, but um, we're actually yeah. recording it uh, here on on uh, Wednesday morning, uh, a day early this week. Uh, just so happens, yeah. and it's September 11th. So, uh, Dave and I do want to take a moment uh, just to uh, to remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, how can you forget that? All yeah, the people yeah. that you know that we lost on that day, and all the people whose mm-hmm. lives have been affected by it. You know, in the 18 years since, and uh, just never yeah. never forget. Obviously, no, no, no. My, you know, 
we and we never do and it was a it was a, it's such a difficult time still is you know but you know the resiliency of uh, uh of the american people and 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 how we dealt with that was was remarkable there was a a, a, a an example of americans coming together no matter what party no whether affiliation you had and we were united which you know uh on the, on september 11th we seemed to all be we talk about it we remember we need to uh get back that attitude that we had is a great attitude and it's just sad that it had to come to what it came to right on, that, on that, we, that, that we needed yeah. something like that to bring us together yes, and, and hopefully hopefully something can you know bring us together now without yeah. without obviously the tragedy um, yeah Hey, uh, b- before we keep talking, I do want to take care of some business. You know, last week we were—I was talking about all the sponsors we've had during the pet, during our first year on the air, all the all the guests we've had, and I did forget to mention one of our sponsors that, that was with us earlier this year. So I do want to mention them: uh, adolescent and young adult advocates uh-huh. uh, working with people with you know, with uh, you know mental health issues. Uh, they were a big sponsor for us for a large segment of the first year. So uh, you can check them out at adolescentadvocates.com and. Thanks again for their support during the first year. Uh, I want to mention our current sponsors. Uh, these folks have been with us since December. They're still uh, supporting us. Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates in Lansdale, PA. They work with autistic mm. children, teens, young adults, as well as people with yeah. other behavioral diagnoses. They do a, a really great job over there. If, if this affects your family, give them a call at 267-663-7141. Also, yeah. our, our brand new sponsor that joined us just last week and is with us uh, sponsoring yeah. again this week, uh, Trudy Handelman and the great people at GotPeace.com. Got peace. Got peace. We were, you know, we were talking about nine eleven, and you know, yeah. we could we could we would all yeah. use we could use some peace. And and that what they do is they they promote peace with yeah. graphic T-shirts and caps and dog tags. They got these peace cows, uh, these really cool stuffed animals. And basically, yeah. um, as they say, I'm just going to read from their website real quick because they're you know really generous to support us. Everyone deserves happiness and harmony in their lives. Have you got peace? We're passionate about working together with people from all backgrounds to promote a life of empowerment and unity. We spread our message of peace through our high-quality merchandise and trademarked apparel. So go on their website, gotpeace.com. You can also call them at 424-343-1213. Um, and uh, a portion of all uh, proceeds goes to various charities. Yeah. I know right now they're they're donating to um, causes that help with uh, cancer recovery, including childhood cancers and breast cancers. So uh, yeah, gotpeace.com. Thanks so much for your support. All right, well, Dave. So so we're um, yeah. you know you're out of Pierre's place in Lake Tahoe, and yeah. uh, Pierre will be yeah. joining us shortly. But it, what's kind of cool about the Hooters and Pierre is that you guys kind of started in Philadelphia around the same time. The Hooters formed in 1980. You guys are celebrating your 40th anniversary yeah. next year, and Pierre came to Philadelphia in 1981, just a year mm-hmm. after the Hooters formed, and has kind of been there for the for the rise of the Hooters all the way through these last 40 years. And it's kind of cool that you guys are both going into the Philadelphia Walk of Fame together. You were both mm-hmm. inducted, the Hooters and Pierre Robert, yeah. in this year's class, along with the OJs and Evelyn Champagne King and a few others, Philadelphia Orchestra. Uh, yeah. So maybe, um, you know, maybe we'll talk about this again when Pierre joins us, but can yes. you kind of talk about the how the first encounters that you guys had with Pierre and, and how it was just mm. like kind of an instant connection mm. right there? I still remember meeting him for the first time. It was at uh, the Chestnut Cabaret. Was was one of those. Uh, there were a few of the cabarets that were. They were like the Milk Boys of today. Right, the right. Milk Boys in different places, but there were places that the Hooters used to play. And 
in 81, the Hooters were playing, uh, it was 38th and Chestnut, and, and uh, there was a new DJ in town, and he came back to introduce himself. And I'm not even sure if he inter- he uh, uh, welcomed us to the stage, you know, like a lot of DJs do. Um, but I recall him backstage there. And, and uh, you know, Pierre has a presence. He's, uh, you know, six foot one, two, whatever he is, with or, or whatever. And he's got the long hair and the beard. And, he's, and you know, he's, uh, he's, he's like I said, he's, he lights up a room when he comes in, his personality. And, uh, and uh, we immediately uh, connected with everybody in the band, and he fell in love with the band. He, one thing I love about Pierre is that, you know, it's not all about the signed uh, artist that's getting played on the radio that he responds to you know he's a true i've been around him enough and we talk music and art that he is a true lover of um, new music artists and he supports all kinds of other bands and so he's that guy um and uh sorely missed these days because i know you know everything gets programmed and here sometimes takes some risks and he'll support some bands that might get him in some trouble Right. But that's him, man. And uh, he's been with us along the way. He's done, you know, all the local, like Tommy Conwell, the A's, uh, Brewer Review, you know. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, he'll, he'll, he'll play their music and uh, come out to their shows and, and get involved. And he's, he's like my, my wife's, my, Dallin and him are like brother and sister. Uh, and they became great friends over the years. And, um, you know, um, and before Dal and I were a couple, I, I remember them being friends. So, you know, it's just uh, how life sometimes morphs into something pretty great. Right. Well, Dallin was working at MMR back then in the 80s. Right. right. And was I get- you, were, you, uh, were you working at MMR back yeah, then? Yeah, I worked at MMR from 1983 to 85 with John DeBella. Okay. So, right. and, and, and then we were the video. So you met Pierre at the video. Was it the I video? met Pierre at the Hooters video shoot. Yeah, uh, 85. So you really didn't know him the first couple of years he was in town. Like, like you do now. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I worked at MMR 85 to 87. Yeah, you were oh, okay. at the other uh, station. All right. I went so WISP and I met Pierre at the at the Hooters video. Yeah. Was that right. for oh, Was that for all you zombies? No, it was for and we dance. And we oh, dance. Okay. All right. And I was telling him that someone wanted to hurt his hamster, <laughs> and so he immediately liked me. <laughs> yeah, Dallin's the animal advocate as I am. Wait, I, you, you've mentioned this story to me before, Dallin. What I don't understand. So somebody, somebody wanted to hurt well, Pierre's hamster. What's the story there? Uh, a rival radio station. Okay, that's right. Was having a music meeting, and they were saying in the music meeting that they wanted to send poisonous food to Pierre's <laughs> hamster. Bastards. And so when I met him at the video, I told him, I said, look, they're going to send you this food to poison your hamster. This, of course, this, of course, was Eddie Van Hamster, was Pierre's hamster. Eddie Van Hamster. Eddie Van Hamster. (laughs) But what I didn't know was there was no hamster. Yeah. It was all made up. So he just thought it was really sweet that I was trying to save his hamster that didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And then years, a, a couple of years later, I started to work with John DeBella at MMR and Pierre, and I became really good friends right away. Yeah, right. And that's cool that all these years later, you guys are still so 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 close friends. And uh, yeah, and we spend holidays together. And you right. know, he's, he's, he's great. Yeah, he's, he was coming out right behind me, but yeah, right. well, again, well, Pierre Standard Time. We'll see him at some. We'll hear him at some point. Uh, Dave, the very okay. first time I met you was I also met Pierre because when you played my high school and and they sent you to. 
meet with the student media. MMR also sent yeah. Pierre, so I got to meet you. See, that's, that's I got to meet Pierre. you and Pierre at the same time. It yeah. was October of '83, and and then the next time yeah. I saw him was actually at a Hooters concert at the Tower Theater. He was talking to all the all the fans, you know, right. out in the lobby. Um, you know, he's just, in the video. Uh, he's in he's in uh, he's in uh, he's in Day by Day, uh, right? I think I think it's a live video, but you know that's 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 Pierre's mo. I mean, when we did um, when when we did that high school. That doesn't surprise me that he came along, even though MMR said he, you know, he probably, if it wasn't even a gig, he would have, he would have come. That's him. You know, he does that. Well, he's That's such our a, friend, Pierre he, Robert. And as I am talking about him, he does, he's alive and uh, he's joining us now. And uh, on this beautiful morning on Wednesday, overlooking the lake, uh, Pierre, this is on, I don't know, Andy Weinberg, can you hear him? Okay. Can you hear him? Uh, Andy? Uh, testing one two three. There he is. That, we would know is that this voice. Thing on? <laughs> the, Are we on the air? <laughs> the world would well, know that voice anywhere. How you doing, Pierre? Hey, Andy. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing. This is such an honor for me as someone who has always dreamed of of getting his voice out there, talking to a man who is truly, truly one of the legends of of not just Philadelphia radio but radio period. And uh, it's an honor of me, honor Andy. for me to have you uh, on our show here, Pierre. Welcome. Uh, thank you. But you know what? Here, uh, I got this Lifetime Achievement Award maybe 15 years ago from the March of Dimes, and it was a lovely thing. But, but I, I, I felt like it was so early, you know. But yeah. the the uh, my point being, what is my point? My point is that anyone who does anything for any amount of time really is a legend. Oh. So I mean, think about it. certainly David is. You know, your journalistic abilities, Andy, are, are very well known. And those who've read you certainly know that. But anyone who's done anything for any, I mean, but I I'm, could be a plumber. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, could be, yes. you know, could be a, a local physician yeah. or a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, or an electrician. If you do it long enough, you know, theoretically, you're you're a legend or you're an icon. Yeah. And you're all you're doing is what you do. Right. You know, it's like when I... um. Uh, a couple of years ago, I interviewed the Rolling Stones production um, manager, and he was giving people a tour a couple of hours before the show outside. And someone said about the Stone, well, you know, their age or whatever. He goes, "You don't understand. This is what they do. Yeah. This is who they are. What you do, David, is a drummer. What you do, Andy, is as a writer and a journalist. But it's what you do, right? Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. But but you also have to do it well to do it for as many yeah. years. And well, the other listen. I'll we were talking about that just the other day. I mean, you know, Pierre has this magnificent home and it, sometimes you had to call a guy in to do service, set up his sound system. And trust me, anytime I see anybody doing anything technical, I'm pretty fucking impressed. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's the first fuck of the show, yeah, by the way, know, we, we 20 well, minutes, it only took you so 20 minutes for the first fuck. Dave. Like it's nothing and they do it. So, you know, it, it's that old saying, it's hard to find good help these days. It's a true thing because, you know, like you get when you you kind of hit them, you know, you hit the lottery when you got the good guy that came in that's doing your plumbing. I'm impressed by a plumber or or somebody's doing some carpentry work. It's just the, what you see. And you're like, hey, but this is what we do. Pierre, you know, uh, uh, you know, Pierre is a, a longtime uh, uh, a radio personality at WMMR. Uh, he honed his craft out. It's cool being out here because we were in too far from San Francisco. So it had me thinking about how he went from way out here back to Philly 
and become, and he became an icon in Philadelphia. And, you know, you mentioned going on Walk of Fame. I mean, I couldn't be more honored to be going on the Walk of Fame with Pierre. I mean, I know the guys in the band and the Hooters feel the same way. It's like it's totally makes sense for us. I don't know about anybody else. For us, we feel like it wouldn't be right without him. And, uh, and, and what he's done over the nearly 40 years on radio, who, the, who does that? Yeah. Well, I remember Pierre. Good. I did a story on you on your 20th anniversary at MMR, and, wow. and, and you know that was obviously 19 years ago or whatever it was. And uh, here we are coming up on 40. Pretty crazy. Um, well, I'm I'm actually coming up on 39. Right. Well, I'm not yet coming up 40. No, I know we still got two years before your 40th. But uh, the interesting thing uh, uh, about that 20th is. Uh, that the Hooters got back together. Yeah, uh, they had never really broken up, but they had yeah. sort of just kind of gone separate ways. And things were doing different things. Guys were doing different things. And then we asked them. The station asked them, and they agreed to play yeah. that show. And they had so much fun doing yeah. it. You know, being in a band is is tough. You know, yeah. it's a relationship, and there are good times and there are bad times, just like any friendship or love relationship. And and. You know, and they had been so much together that not surprisingly, they yeah. had some time together yeah. apart and doing different projects. But they came together and they were reminded of all those positive things on stage, of all the recent school. Because, yeah, you know, Eric said, Why? This is, Eric looked over it. He told me there. He goes, I look at this band. He goes, This is the best band I'm ever going to be in. I remember him saying, uh, that. What am I doing? And later on, and then next year, then I get a call. We got dates in Europe. We tend to play more uh, in Europe more than any place these days, not as much as in the States, but maybe next year. But it was because of Pierre, Pierre's anniversary, WMR and Pierre's anniversary that we were there. And he invited us and he was uh, a, a part of us and a fan of what we did, that it all it started happening again. And we were, we've been nonstop since then, which is kind of kind of blows my mind, you know. Yeah, I'm sure well, you would have I mean, gotten back together anyway, but it's kind of cool that it was Pierre's it was Pierre's 20th anniversary that kind of uh, started yeah. started the ball rolling, so to speak. Yeah, I'm not taking credit for it. <laughs> uh, well, but you but, can, but we give it. Look, all the guys have said that. And the funny thing about uh, Pierre mentioned about bands, we had some success. You get, you know, moderate success, and then you get into business. And business, I'll tell you, that's that's a part of musicians never think about uh, uh, until it happens. And then that sometimes changes the whole uh, makeup of a band because business is business and it, it gets it gets difficult. And then, you know, we drifted apart. We came back together. And for, fortunately for us, in certain ports of the world, business was good. And so we, uh, you know, kept at it and we're still going at it. And uh, that's that. Your yeah. coffee's really good. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm hearing your coffee is legendary. Oh, man, so legendary. There's that word again. There's that word again. Legendary. But... Yeah, Dave came to me yesterday and said, "Wow, you make the strongest coffee I've ever had." I go, <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a fiend. Yeah. Um, it, it is my addiction. I would give you that, but uh, um, anyway. Hey, you, you did. There was something we uh, when before Pierre joined us. He asked me. I said, "Maybe we'll wait till Pierre gets here." I bought the house. If you don't mind, I, he was. I was saying that it's been in your family since the '30s. And it just blows my mind because I felt like I stepped back in time when I walked out here. Wow. And, you know, and then he ended up, you know, doing what he did with the place. But there's a certain feeling you get when you sit here that it's really, you know, again, step back in time. And, you know, you, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Because he kept it, a lot of it, the same as it was back in the day. And you added some things. Well, I don't know, restoration. Yeah. But, 
but not quite. I don't know. The this uh, this may or may not sound uh, or make sense to folks who haven't been here, but Lake Tahoe for people um, in the Philadelphia region is very much like the shore is for people in the uh, Philly area. I'm sorry, Lake Tahoe for people in San Francisco uh, area is like what what the shore yeah. is for people in Philly, but it's two season place. So the shore is one season in the summertime, very quiet during the rest of the year. This is like the shore and the Poconos combined. So a lot of people in the San Francisco Bay area come up here. It's a huge mountain lake, 26 miles long, 10 miles wide, uh, 1600 feet deep at the, at wow. the deepest spot and, and wow. beautiful with these high yeah. Sierra mountains. We're at 6,100 feet right now yeah. as we speak to you, Andy. And yeah. uh, the mountains go up to 10, 11,000 feet above us. And so it's a beautiful spot in the summer. People come for the beaches and hiking and all that stuff. In the winter, there are 10 or 11 world-class ski resorts all around. So yeah. um, so my grandparents came here a long time ago in the 30s, and they had this dream. They didn't have a lot of money, but they bought some land, and they, had, they slowly built this family house. And then I bought it about 15 years ago, trying to slowly restore it and, and drain every penny of my bank account in the process. <laughs> Yeah, but and man, keep it in the family. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it. You know, like I always knew about it, but now that I step foot in it, I, you know, I see him here, and I see, I see Pierre in his element, and it really kind of pulls it all together for me. Right. You know, and, yeah, yesterday he took Dal and I for a drive, and we looked uh, at parts of the uh, of the lake, at what he called the Beverly Hills of Lake Tahoe. We looked at how people, very very wealthy people, building these incredible homes, and they're they're remarkable. But when I came back here, now this is a big, beautiful place. But what he's done to this place is he kept it, let's say, he kept it real. It, right. it really is something, a little beach out here with the with the boats. It's, uh, right. and it's phenomenal. Pierre, Dave was saying. Andy, we haven't heard from you. I'm, we're monopolizing the well, That's okay. That's, well, that's, that's how the show usually goes. I'll get a word in every now and then. <laughs> Dave, hey, Dave lets me get a couple words in here and there. David's also been drinking my coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pierre, I was just it goes crazy. I was just going to say, Pierre, Dave was saying, was this this was where they filmed the scene from Godfather Two, where where Fredo gets uh, you know his last uh, fishing trip? Yeah, I was actually living up here that summer, and in the local paper, um, they were putting out ads. If anyone has old cars from the '40s and '50s, would oh, like man. to be part of uh, the the this movie, they didn't even say what the movie was. Godfather one had been out hugely successful, obviously. Right. Uh, and so Godfather two was shot about 15, about 10 miles as a crow flies from us straight yeah. across the way with this huge wow. old estate. Uh, and that is the place that the they come back is. to from time. You know, they c yeah. keep coming back there. It opens there and closes there when Fredo gets sent out to uh, sleep yeah. with the fishes. <laughs> yeah. With, 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 uh, Al Neary takes them out. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so cool, you know. Uh, it's basically you were here when they did that, you know. Right. It's still that's still one of my favorite films. So when I got here, I was looking out the window, and that's I, the first thing he said. Yeah, this is Fredo. I think I see Fredo. <laughs> Fredo. Yeah. Anybody see? Is, is his body still at the bottom of the lake, or have they yeah, fished him up yet? Uh, yeah. This lake is so cold that when bodies, uh, if they don't catch them. Yeah. They they often don't come up. Yeah. Uh, be, so it, you know, every so often they'll. The Native Americans were the first to come here, and every so often, you know, uh, a Native American mummy will will surface. Yeah. Um, so uh, um, people swim in it all the time, and you know, uh, David and I might go swimming yeah. before they leave. But um, but it's also 
known as a little bit chilly. It's a mountain lake. Yeah, but that doesn't bother me. I mean, I, you know, I, Dallin I'll, wants da- David's lovely wife. She definitely wants to get. Uh, she wants to jump in the water. That is not true. <laughs> she wants. To, she loves. That is not true. She's a mountain girl. <laughs> if ever there. She, she's she got heels on last night as we're going to dinner. We had to help her down the rock stair, the rock stair, steps. She's going That's well. True. She has, you know. So she's really ready to get out there and hike and do some horseback yeah. riding and um, and and most of all, jump in the water. Yeah. We, we want to see the, the pictures. We definitely it. want to see the pictures and video we of Dal- of Dallin that. jumping in the water. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> So how are you today, Andy? I'm doing great, Pierre. It's a, like I said, it's an honor to talk what to you. What did you have for breakfast? What today? did I have for breakfast? A, a bowl of Cheerios and a little bit of Frosted Flakes on top of it to, for some sugar. Very so, nice. Yeah, so. Do you drink coffee, Andy? Do you drink tea? Uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm not a big coffee drinker. I just had a glass of orange, okay. juice, orange juice with it. But, I'm but, sorry for you. Yeah. Frank Sinatra said, I feel sorry for a man who doesn't drink because when he wakes up in the morning, that's the best he's going to feel all day. <laughs> So that he was referring, obviously, to the demon alcohol. Yeah. Uh, um, but um, I, I always, our overnight guy at MMR, Brent Porsche, we're one of the few stations that we're winding all over the conversational map here. But our overnight guy, Brent Porsche, who's on from midnight to 6 a.m., does not drink coffee. And I'm going, oh, how wow. the do hell that. does he do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, so I feel... Well, sorry for you, Andy, but I wish you Godspeed. In your well, maybe if I tasted Andy, some of yours, I would I would reconsider my. Uh, yeah, well, but, let me tell you, it's 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 a wake up. That's for sure. Right. Hey, you know who's our neighbor? I'm going to pop him a call. You gave me his number. Cosmo doesn't live too far from here. He's in the same area, and uh, Steve I has a place here, and uh, uh, you know it's uh, uh, David Coverdale. I mean, I, I when you get here, you realize why guys take their money and they buy a place because you just get out of it. Clears your head, instant defrag. Hey, but, uh, what did you call it? An instant defrag. Like, you know how to defrag a hard drive? Uh-huh. Like, like, well, I, I don't well, know anything <laughs> about a computer. A hard drive is like, you know, you I kind of straighten it out. I defrag my brain. Okay. It's like, just got to get out because I got a bunch of bands doing all my stuff. And when I get here, all of a sudden, I try to slow it down, walk in. Well, it's like what you do when you get out of MMR. Right. I, I guess a defrag is probably a, just a, a shortening of another word. Is it uh-huh. defragment. I there you go. There know. you go. But hey, I try to do that. You know? Pierre, Pierre, you mentioned Brent Porsche and Dave just mentioned MMR. Let's talk a little MMR because, like you said, there are really not too many stations left in the country nope. that do what MMR does. I know the one out in Frisco uh, just changed format, and you did a little tribute to that last week during the A to Z. Um, confused some people, by the way. I actually turned on my radio that morning and hear, was <laughs> hearing radio, radio by Elvis Costello. I was like, wait, they're in the R's already? I thought this thing took two weeks, and now you're already in the R's. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. uh, I digress there. But uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, no, I digressed when I did that. <laughs> right. But I mean, the fact that you guys still play, you know, that you still have DJs 24 hours, which is great because I hate turning on a radio and, and not hearing a DJ. And then the fact yeah. that you still embrace the new music while playing the classics and that all the DJs, you, Jackie, um, Jackson, you really seem to care about the music. I mean, that's how it comes mm. off to listeners. Um, and you'll hear some DJs, yeah. you can just tell they don't care what they're playing. They're just there. They're mm-hmm. playing what they have to play. And it just seems right. like on MMR, you guys are really passionate about the music you're playing. And uh, I guess that's one of the reasons the station's been successful now for 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's on 51, 51 years, 51 and a half, I guess now. Wow. Um, and it's, it's, it's extraordinary, Andy, in this day and age, because... We're so blessed in Philly, and for whoever's listening to this podcast, exactly. 
please keep listening to MMR. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, but I mean, exactly. It's a blessing yeah. because it, Philly has got this unique. Um, they love a brand, you know, the Phillies or the right. Eagles or mm-hmm. the 76ers, mm-hmm. you know, things that are established. They're part of the fabric of the community. Yeah. And MMR starting April 29th in 1968 as this alternative underground station, um, you know, that was still only part time for the first six or seven months. And wow. then they went full time and never looked back. Exactly. And and the fact that we're alive and well today, not just skimping along but thriving we're number one in almost every rating period almost all day long from preston and steve you know right through jackie and that's it's it's unheard of in mm-hmm. this day and age because people have so many choices you know they can download music they can yeah. listen to podcasts but, like but this hearing one. you i know people that will get lisa sue my friends that come to see the band they, lisa literally gets depressed when you're not on the radio. <laughs> she gets depressed. And your voice, uh, do, you know, you, you, you serve, you're, you're uh, like, like they're a shrink. You're, you're, they, it's, they hear your voice, everything's all right. But and that's important. It's a relationship. Yeah, exactly. So in England, DJs are called presenters. And it's such a, it's such, it's such a nice way of looking at it. Because imagine a radio station as your favorite restaurant. Why do you go there? Well, you go mainly for the food, in our case, the music, but a very close second is the ambiance of that restaurant, how it looks, and those waiters, those servers, those presenters who will, and in our case, you know, we're serving you, here's the dish you've been listening to all these years and you know and love, Beatles, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, Kinks, whatever it might be, but the chef has just come up with this new one, the record company, you know, yeah, or, you know, ones that are on the newer edge, you know, the Green Days, the Lincoln Parks, the like Offspring. Juice. Like, Pierre would see the Stones last week. I have never, in my lifetime, met anybody like him because his enthusiasm is, when I met him in 81, he's the same guy getting on a plane. I mean, who does that? I mean, boundless energy going to see bands that you love. And, you know, when he loves you, he loves hard. And that's Pierre, man. You know, the bands, he, he, he'll, he'll travel. And I know how many places you've gone to. I went to I Germany to see you guys. You hung out with us in <laughs> Germany, <laughs> went to right? Germany. I got to introduce the introduce band it. in some town yeah. in Germany. What town and was, Eric right? told me how to say a greeting in German. So I, uh, <laughs> Kiel, was that the town? Is that a- Kiel. Yeah, Kiel. and Eric yes. taught me how to go on stage yeah. and say, you know, yeah. da-da-da, Kiel. Dawson, yeah. good morning, or what, I don't know what it was, <laughs> yeah. and introduce the Hooters. Yeah. Which well, he's really going to come back, yeah. We go back next year's our 40th, and hopefully he'll join us again at, uh, you know, at some point, Berlin or whatever, uh, you know, uh, somewhere. Uh, and it's always a, a joy to have him out on the but tour the, bus hanging. The cool. thing about, just to conclude the MMR thought, yeah. um, the thing about MMR, Andy, that is so special is that they're, you know, even Preston and Steve, which is mostly a talk show, those guys are crazy about yes. music. Preston's a drummer. Great drummer. Uh, right, right. You know, Steve goes to concerts. Uh, they love and are passionate and discuss all kinds yeah. of topics, but music is yeah. a big one. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nick, one of the producers, it, is a crazy Pearl Jam fan, goes yeah. to all kinds of yeah. music. Casey yeah. yes. loves fish and yeah. loves all this music. Uh, uh, Marissa and uh, Kathy Romano, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So we're a music station all day long, 24 hours a day. And, and Philly is... This unique pocket, it's in the pocket, if exactly. you will, pardon yeah. the pun, that's, uh, that's so special because they like a brand. And I, my father never would have gone to a concert with me. 
um, you know, but but the generations from the kids who were wearing T-shirts and jeans in 1968 up to young people of today, we have this multi-generational audience that we're blessed with, not yeah. just I got a call the other night during the A to Z from a guy who's been listening. He's 70. He said, I've been listening since 1968. Wow. And he said, and I love the new music and the old music. That's the other thing that makes us unique. We're not, I, I rail against these labels of so-called classic rock or alternative Americana, rock or hard rock right. or, yeah. you know, what, what country or, you know, yeah, new metal, uh, yeah. you know, rock oldies. Metal. It's all music. You ask any musician like the one I'm sitting next to, and they don't think like that. Dave Grohl's the best example I can exactly. come up with. He represents, you know, his legacy of being the drummer of Nirvana, for God's sake, yeah. and then forming his own band. But when his own band becomes successful, who do they want to play with? They play with Paul McCartney. They invite the surviving members of Led Zeppelin on stage yeah. and join them. They do a cover set of of all this music, including Queen. Yes. And they, they are passionate about music of all eras. And that... What musician? That's the way musicians think. So, in a similar way, I I rail against the topic. Well, you're not. It's I I look at it like a big pizza pie, and there are all these slices yeah. of rock and roll, and of, I mean country and western, all music because yeah, it's all interrelated. Yeah. And MMR has had, you know, it's not a perfect balance of all that, but it's in an era where, you know, you have all these music choices. To get back to what I was saying, yeah. and you've got even satellite radio that have very specific channels. Mm. MMR's blessing is that it's live and local. I, yeah. Satellite's got some good stuff, but most of them aren't really live. Even if they say it's Tuesday yeah, afternoon, yeah. they've recorded it two weeks exactly. before. You're there, and and so we're we're able to look outside and go, "Hey, it's a cloudy day." Mm. You know, we had a, a minor. I'm sorry, I just rambled, but ah, that's cool. we had this minor earthquake. I've never had an earthquake. Oh, I remember that about six or seven yeah. or eight or nine yeah. years ago. Yeah, and and. It happened while I was on the air, and I went, I said, did we just have an earthquake? And all these people started calling in, yeah. you know, there was no damage. And I immediately started playing earthquake songs, <laughs> you know, like Shaken uh, from Eddie Money, and a whole lot of shaking going wow, on. Wow, 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 uh, cool. I know, feel and, the earth and move. And all of a sudden, I, yeah. I constructed spontaneously yeah. Yeah. Right. a 45-minute set of yeah. songs about, you know, the earth moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and you, you, my point is, you can can't get that yeah uh on pre-recorded no. radio no. and 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 so between the music and the ability to be live and local and the fact that we're on all night long that's the other part that's a key to it because that's where i started on the overnight show and where i learned how to be right. on the radio right. and no, these stations that don't give young people a chance to do an overnight show but you've mentored like i think jack like my my, my friend jackie bam bam i love jackie but it's like you served as, uh, like I try to do, like young drummers, young musicians have met, mentored people by just watching how, you, it's like you never told them what to do, but you just showed, it how, showed them how it's done. How do you embrace your audience, how you give a shit. You know, well, that's, they, those guys do that. Yeah, no, I, I, well, I love our audience. I'm, I'm grateful and blessed that it's this multi-generational thing. <clears throat> but MMR tries to present this pizza pie, you know, and does it all night long. And the overnight thing, is like, uh, you know, almost there are very few stations that are music stations that are live all night long. They, you might hear a voice, but it's a taped yeah, right, voice right. from midnight on. Yeah, yeah. We've got a live guy. Why is that important? First of all, for me, it taught me how to be on the radio so I could go to the daytime. Yeah. But secondly of all, it gives 
uh, younger person a shot at a full-time radio show mm. and to learn how to be. But thirdly of all, and even more importantly, it keeps people company. Right. It keeps, there's a whole world of yeah. people that yeah. oh, run yeah. the world oh, yeah. when we're sleeping. Yeah. You know, newspaper people, mm. delivery people, mm. drivers, mm. waitresses, mm. you know, accountants even, companies that are up all night long when everybody else is sleeping. We have someone that keeps them company. Right. When you said I, you know, I help people. Yeah, you, you know, I. But it's because we're there live and right. local, and we right. can keep them company. Right. I get calls, and we're blessed that we have this multi generational thing, and we're blessed that we can be there for people. I've gotten calls from funeral um, processions where someone has just buried a dear friend. Could yeah. you play a song? Yeah. And I get calls from a delivery room where a baby is born, oh. birth, death, divorce, yeah. marriage. Wow graduation yeah, 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 and yeah. and we share yeah, yeah. that with our yeah, audience yeah. and they let us into wow. that and yeah. we keep them company yeah. for that so it's a very special and intimate privilege and there's an intimacy of yeah. live radio that you i you still don't right. get on satellite and uh on on other forms of you know if you download music you might get a great song uh -huh. but you might not get the story behind it uh -huh. so if you take that same song and it's a new song um, and I'm introducing it. Here's a band from L.A. Yeah. You know, everybody gave up on them, but they wouldn't. Yeah, give, I hear you. you know, and they went to the record company right. and they not, the they story. actually, you know, and yeah. there's a story behind it. Right. There's a story behind the album right. and the album artwork. And right. all of that can be told right. by a DJ who who's there to serve the food, like at the restaurant analogy, but also yeah. to keep you company. Right. And and, you know, and also do public service. Yeah. Preston and Steve have the largest food drive wow. in the country. Really? With the camp up for wow. hunger in December wow. every year, yeah. end of uh, November, December, yeah. they do this. And this year they became the largest blood drive in the country right. wow. uh, when they did their summer blood drive. So it's, it's also not just that it's caring about the community, you know, whether it's something like that or just promoting a little beef and beer that's wow. happening. It's those little things where you can maybe I can't change the world, but maybe I could play a song yeah. for somebody that helps them. Or maybe we can do an event that. You know, yeah. helps a yeah. firefighter or a police right. officer right. or someone that's struggling yeah. with a disease. So yeah. it's this service. Well, if you change, hey, if you thing, uh, sorry to ramble on. Oh, that's oh, all right. I, I was just going to say, Pierre, if you change an individual's life, it's almost yeah. like you are changing the world because if you're changing yeah. one individual's life, right. you're probably changing another one, another one. It's kind of like a domino effect. Um, I know for me, it's also like a fam, like it's part of the family. Like I mean, I I got into rock and roll because of WMMR. In the late 70s, really? early 80s. When, well, yeah. It's, I mean, wow. you, know, you, you start listening to the radio and you find MMR on the dial. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, me too. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm sure you introduced rock and roll to millions of people yes. in the Philadelphia yes. area. I mean, especially now, because, well, there's MGK is still on the air. And they, but, you know, back then it was MMR or YSP. So it was one of the two yeah. pretty much got people right. into right. rock and roll in Philadelphia. And uh, the fact well, that. Well, MGK is also owned by our company. So. Oh, so it's okay John for me to mention, so, so I can go ahead and mention yeah, MGK. No, it's fine. Sorry, yeah. uh, John DeBella, uh, my right. dear friend, you know, who is MMR's morning guy for so many years, is their morning guy and has right. been for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, we've had two legendary morning shows, uh, the Morning Zoo in the 80s and into the 90s, and now Preston and Steve. But, you know, um, you know, and then, but they've got a great staff, Debbie Calton, who's retiring right. soon, and she I announced. My mom. Yeah. Okay. But um, anyway, they've got a great staff, but. But um, I, I love what we do because it's it's it crosses boundaries. It's not just newer and yeah, older. Right. It's you know it's left turns. It's like the A to Z that we just finished. Yeah. You know we played Johnny that never Cash. Gets old. Never gets old. Man. Well, in the letter A, we yeah. play A Boy Named Sue by Johnny Cash, yeah. and then you might go into a Metallica yeah, song yeah, yeah, after yeah. that that has the letter A in it. Yeah. 
You know, it's just all these left turns, right. as I call them, yeah. musically, which is how music is. Exactly. So. Should be. You know, and another thing, I, 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 an observation I have, if you will, on Pierre is that he doesn't, like, he, he, he's irrelevant all the time. He doesn't, and he, he's, uh, he used the word real, this place is real. But he doesn't, it's not somebody that's, like, trying to be relevant. He just is, because you're, just because of the kind of person you are, you, you, you know, he's just relevant and you don't try to be relevant, you know <laughs> oh, what I mean? Thank you. you just are, uh -huh. you know, I mean, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. It's just how I see it. And it's the, again, coming out here being, you, you kind of go, Oh yeah, that's why he's like, this. well, I still consider myself experience. a Californian, because, you even do. though yeah, I've been in Philly longer yeah. than I've been in California. Well, yeah, well, let me, yeah, let, you're a Philly guy. Let me ask yeah. you about that, Pierre. When you, first came to Philly, had you ever been out here before? Did you have any preconceived notions about what life in Philadelphia would be like? I mean, what was, I know we're going way back and I know you don't really like to look back, so to speak, but do you remember what the reason that you chose to come out to Philadelphia as opposed to anywhere else in the country? Well, I, it, I ha had met some people and I had actually fallen in love, uh, which was why, um, and my rock station in San Francisco, a legendary station called KSAN, had switched to country and Western. Yeah. And it was a bit of a shock. Um, it was about the time Urban Cowboy came out with John Travolta and all yeah, the yeah. bars were installing yeah. mechanical bars <laughs> right, and things right. like that. So yeah. the company thought, well, everybody's doing country. We'll drop the, the rock thing. And Kaysan had, had broken Elvis Costello the and all these cool things. Yeah. At any rate, so I stayed on because I you know, was so young and didn't, you know, and it was only part-time and worked there in the office. But then, I, you know, I fell in love and then there was an opportunity to move to Philly. And I go, well, why not? So I loaded everything. Wow. The, the love didn't work out as fate would have it. But um, I, I loaded everything into my Volkswagen van and Minerva, including two ferns, one of which is still alive today. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with 600 bucks in my pocket on yeah. bald tires, I came yeah. out there, yeah. you know, and I had a great sound system until I got to Philly. Then it was stolen out of my, out of my <laughs> van. But, uh you know, it's a, it was a different culture, but even by the time the relationship had ended, the uh, show had, or I had gotten hired full time to be the overnight person. And so, you know, so it just was kind of an organic thing. I said, well, I'll, I'll stay here for a year or two. And then, then I got the daytime show. And yeah. then I said, well, I'll try this for a couple of years. Yeah. And then the contract went in and I said, well, you do another contract. Okay. I'll try it for another couple of years. And all <laughs> of a sudden, years. yeah, it, then, it just flies by. So. Me. You know, and then I fell in love with the city and and the and the people. Yeah. Um. So, it, you know, it's it's and and what happens there, uh, I don't see happening. There are some pockets, uh, but again, getting back to the radio stations that have fallen, <laughs> like KFOG, which became a legendary San Francisco station, uh, and just fell, and they turned it to sports talk. They're very sad. Yeah. There are very few live, mm. local, living radio mm. stations that reflect their community, yeah. and so. You know, so MMR is, you know, John Bon Jovi signed an autograph board one time. He said, last of a dying breed. Yeah. And, um, but we're not dying at MMR. We're alive and well. Yeah. And our company, Beasley Broadcasting, they actually support that, which is to have a company support what you do is particularly cool. So yeah. all of those reasons and, you know, and the job and the vibe and all of my musical dreams, Andy, actually came true. Um in Philly, not in, in California, you know, getting to, you know, 
get to know. I mean, you're Crosby. friends with like guys that you know, this Crosby Stills Nash guy. I mean, I know you got personal relationships with these guys through what you do. But that all happened in Philly. Yeah. It didn't happen yeah. out here. I yeah. mean, I, CSN was my favorite band, yeah. you know, and Neil Young. I got to know them by virtue of MMR right. in right. Philly, right. Um, you know, and so it, it all worked out. Richards. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I got to interview the Stones yeah. sitting as close as I am to you to Mick yeah. Jagger and Keith Richards. Yeah. I mean, on two different occasions. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, you know, awe-inspiring. So I that's... like your Mick Taylor story, too. It was always a good one when you waited in the hotel. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know. I, I, well, I've got a million stories. Yeah, I, I know. I could, that's always I could use up the rest of your podcast. Well, you want to you you give us one, Pierre? You want to give us one? Pick a story. What's your best story? The Stones. I interviewed him twice, interviewed him twice. Uh, the first, they were both for national uh, syndicated shows. So the first time we went up to Toronto and me and the, the guy, uh, we met the representative at the hotel. They were promoting a live album at the time called No Security. Right. And um, the, the lady meets us in the lobby and she goes, all right, uh, so you're scheduled for 1 p.m. Go have a drink in the bar and we'll be with you. And we'll call you up. And. So, I mean, the last thing I was going to do is drink in the afternoon. I'm going to be interviewing the Rolling Stones. Yeah. And <laughs> then she comes in. But there are people, all these journalists and, and camera crews from around the country that were, and from Europe, there were Japanese camera crews. Anyway, so we get called up uh, to the 25th floor, and there are all these rooms that they had turned into interview suites. Mm -hmm. yeah. she goes, I'm going to put you here. And she said to the guy, how much time do you need to set up? And he goes, like, 15 minutes. She goes, you've got five. <laughs> and she walks out of the room. And we scramble to get the, the, the tape recorder up and the microphone set up. And all of a sudden, outside the door, I hear Mick Jagger's speaking voice. And I go, oh, my God. Holy shit. Oh, my God. And then the door opens and he walks in. Yeah. Like like the rooster he is, yeah, you know, prances yeah. in, shakes yeah. hands, couldn't be nicer, yeah. sits down. I'm going, I shit. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, and we started and had a great conversation. Yeah. And the woman came in to wrap it up and he waved her off. Wow. And we went for another 10, or, 10 wow. minutes or so. Oh, cool. And we finished. Um, then I'm just in like in a state of shock. And the woman comes back. She goes, we're going to give you Keith at four o'clock this afternoon. So you've got a few hours. So we're going to start to get wrapped up. She comes right back. She says, no. We're going to give you Keith now before he drinks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Man. And and uh, 15 minutes later, yeah. a total different vibe. You hear the voice in the hallway. <laughs> hey, seven, seven, the pirate. The voice that Johnny yeah. Depp based yeah. that character yeah. on is without question Keith Richards. I mean, he admits it too. But, yeah. but And all of a sudden, the door flies open. <laughs> it's unlit cigarette in one hand. Hello, in, in comes Keith. This is not a show day. They're promoting an album. Right. He's got eye makeup on. Yeah. He's got beads in his wow. hair. He's got a shirt open yeah, halfway yeah. down and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, scarves. Yeah. And he comes in. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Yeah. A guy had come in five minutes before he got there and filled this glass with orange. Looked like orange juice. I said, what's that? And he goes, vodka, of course. <laughs> and, and Keith sees the glass yeah. and he picks it up and he goes, Oh, nuclear waste. <laughs> I love it. And takes a sip and sits down and we're get we're yeah. getting ready to start the thing and he, he has a cigarette and he's yeah. he lights it up. I go, Keith, what do you smoke? He goes, Marlboros. Yeah. <laughs> I've always smoked Marlboros. Pause. 
Well, I've smoked a lot of things in me day. It's the only one with a brand name. <laughs> and just, he was uh, so goddamn funny. Yeah. Man. And, and great. Yeah. And nice. And, you yeah. know, and I told these wild stories. <laughs> so, you know, that was, you know, that still remains one of my highlights. Yeah. And then, oh, and the Mick Taylor story. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I love that. The Mick Taylor is a cool. Well, I saw the Stones on the 50th anniversary tour and they invited Mick Taylor, who was their second guitar player after yeah. Brian Jones. Yeah to be on that tour right. and in addition to Ronnie Wood song and Keith you Richards. That night, that's right. We're together. Yeah. And and Mick Taylor still plays great. And so I I went for breakfast at the hotel I knew they were staying at in New York City just to just to have breakfast at that hotel, not with any intention. And I'm sitting there reading the New York Times having brunch and all of a sudden Mick Taylor walks into the restaurant. Mm. And the restaurant of the hotel is full and I've got this little booth thing and he looks over and he goes, wh- puts his arm up. I go, he goes, you have room? Oh, I no go, shit. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mick Taylor. Yeah. Fuck yeah, if he doesn't sit down uh, yeah, yeah. right next to wow, me. Yeah, I love that. And, I, and I, I'm going, oh, Magoo, you've done it again. Yeah, yeah. I'm going, uh, I, he said, he said, and the waiter comes over and he goes, what would you like? And I'm like, got this thing. He goes, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> and I'm going, uh. Oh my God! And we're having fucking wow. breakfast, and it was yeah. so surreal yeah. because he walked in by himself, yeah. had no place to sit, yeah. sat with me. Yeah. We chatted, yeah. and, and I had my phone microphone on my cell phone. I said, "Yeah," and they're <laughs> they're big; they don't do interviews without permission from the whole right structure. But I said, "You know, would I ever be able to interview sometime?" Well, I, I can't do it now. Although there is a Philly lady who loves me and follows me and writes to me, and I write back to her. He said, I'd be willing to say hello to her. So I take my phone out, yeah. press the record button. And he goes, hello to Peppermint Patty from <laughs> Philadelphia. I love you. I hope you're doing well. Yeah. All the best. Love, Mick Taylor. Wow. And uh, so I got a 10-second interview with wow. him. But um, yeah. And then he finishes his thing. He And he says, do you have any ketchup? And I go, excuse me, waiter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need ketchup. Yeah. And they had those little, you know, kind of nice hotel, little right. ketchup in mini uh, many containers, so they had to bring over the container. Yeah. I go, anything else you need? He goes, no, I think that's good. Awesome. And he finishes before I do, and he goes, could I? I said, no, it's on me. <laughs> and he goes, well, thank you so much, mate. And up he goes and walks away, and I go, that was unreal. Yeah. So, Un- you, so yeah. you bought yeah. Mick Taylor breakfast. You that. bought Mick Taylor. Hey, I yeah. love, Pierre, I love that. I mean, you've obviously met so many people through the years and, and gotten to experience things that, you know, any music lover would just, you know, die for. And yet you still have this almost childlike enthusiasm for it i mean that 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 well but i mean it's this it's not just a you know a so-called classic rock band but i mean i love green day i i you know i i was in the mosh pit at the green day show you know 15 years ago at the east center in camden um and i love that music from the moment i heard it you can hear elements of the ramones and the who and all this great there and billy joe armstrong he's like the pete townsend of today he writes rock operas right brilliant yeah. and catchy songs and mm. I, I was in the mosh pit moshing with this like 18 year old yeah. and he goes pierre you want to go up meaning crowd surfing and i'm going oh well not now <laughs> and a couple of songs go by and i go mm. and it's in my head i go mm. i don't know i don't know i don't know and i finally go if not now when i said send me up and with that he yeah. lifts my huge carcass up <laughs> and they pass me over the yeah. crowd and they pull you over the barrier and I know all the security people and all the venues. These two guys look, Pierre, what are you doing? I said, I'm having fun. Thank yeah. you very much. You know, and I was 50 years old at the time. And um, yeah, 
anyway, so I love Green Day, but it's very hard. To, they're so big, it's hard yeah. to get an interview with yeah. them. I got an interview with all three of them yeah. a summer ago. So, yeah. uh, so I am passionate about the music, and you know, we have young bands. You know, the struts. you turn me on the new bands. I, there's you talk, you're always, you know, there's a new band that I hear. I hear from Pierre. You know, he's he's got his finger on the pulse. Yeah, and that blows me away because I, you know, and then yeah. I look them up. You know, yeah, so, I hate to, I hate to make all of us right. Well, I hate to make all of us sound really old, but Green Day's not really a new band anymore. They've been yeah, around. I know, <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. Around, no, no, I know. I know. But I, know. I mean, they to a to a so called classic rock yeah, guy, right, they go, exactly. well, "That's that's right. Like, yeah, right." It's, they're not a young band. You're right, right. But you know, it, it, they represent another slice of that pizza pie. Yeah. But sure. you know, there are young bands that we play a lot of. You know, like the Struts, like. Right nothing more like um the, the record company and we bring them in when they're baby bands right. and put them on the air and uh, and they never forget that yeah yeah i mean at the, what what he's done for i'll just say the hooters and even right. my band in the pocket i can't i don't even you know i couldn't thank him enough well, I was going to say, yeah, Dave, I mean, what he's done. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because we're running out of time. But I did want to yeah. ask Pierre real quick about his love of the local music band, because, you know, the Hooters back Giant. in the day, Baru Review, Tommy Conwell, um, you have done so yeah. much to introduce you and MMR as a whole have done so much to introduce to introduce these local bands to and to the point where in Philly, they're as big as, you know, national bands are around the world. I mean, to the Philly fans and and have helped them even break beyond Philly. Um, just, exactly. Just your your connection to the local music scene, Pierre, if you you can just talk about that real quick. Well, there's just so many great bands. And when I came to MMR, they were playing them in prime rotation. You know, you'd hear Robert Hazard, you'd hear the Hooters, you'd hear the A's. And then I, as I start, in fact, the Hooters were the first show I ever saw in Philly at the Chestnut Cabaret yeah, when I was interviewing with Joe Bonadonna. Yeah. And so um, I, you see these bands and they've got great music and, you know, you go out to see them and you get to know them and you yeah. promote them. It, it just, it just an easy fit. And yeah. I love these bands. Uh, and, you know, I always, you know, the Hooters are lucky that they got signed. They've had this great experience. Some of the others haven't gotten that much in terms of, you know, national attention, yeah. but, but all of them deserve it. So, you know, I try to give them my share of that yeah. kind of love. Yeah. It's the impetus behind in the pocket. I, I was so busy with the Hooters when I moved back from California. I thought, you know, I want to play with him because I became fans from listening to Pierre. Greg Davis, I'd hear him play. Eddie, Dallin told the story about Eddie, uh, Eddie Van Hampstead. Eddie, Eddie Van Hampstead. Oh, right. And I, I'm, I hear this guy shredding. I'm going, man, I got to get this guy in the studio. Some Rick Defonso and I, I, you know. So, you know, there were so many musicians that I wanted to work with that were so great out of Philly. Uh, so, again, introduced to them from Pierre's relationships. Yeah, but, but David's idea of In the Pocket is nothing short of brilliant. Oh, thank you. Brilliant. And what he and Dallin have done with that yeah. is yeah. just every time I think, what are they going to do next? They come up with something amazing, yeah. celebrating Philadelphia music, yeah. you know, well beyond that local scene I was describing, you know, they cover the Tramps Disco Inferno, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, you just never know what song they're going to pick and every three or four months, what? another one comes out and it's, it's a great celebration of Philly music. So cheers to David yeah. and Alan for putting that together and working so hard on it. Well, I can't believe we got Pierre uh, on the podcast. You had to come to California. You had to go to Lake Tahoe. You know, it was difficult because we usually do our show at 11. We, we usually do it on Thursdays okay. at 11 a.m. What day is today? Today's Wednesday. Oh, okay. So we're out here. So it's a day earlier, but it was an opportunity uh, to have them on uh, and in this beautiful location. Our friends here, Ann, Linda, Dallin, uh, Pierre, uh, it's, it's, I, I can't even put 
words that coffee has done it to me. <laughs> uh, it's so cool to have him on. After uh, drinking you know, Pierre's it, coffee, you it, guys it, are you guys yeah. are probably ready to do another hour after Pierre's coffee, yeah, right? It, it, I, I could go. Start me with a story. He's going to have his own podcast someday. I know they probably encourage you to do them because you know one, you know, you can say whatever you want to say. Um, it, it, you know, it's fun. But again, that connection he has with his audience is so special, so different that will never go away. Um, but it's been fun for us to have him on here. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. And uh, right, Andy, oh, oh it's been uh, a thank blast. Thank you, Andy, for oh. uh, being such a cordial host. I appreciate it. And uh, Andy's great. He's amazing. He's I, great. I'm sorry you didn't get a word in edgewise once David and I got going. <laughs> uh, and it's your podcast. But thank that's you for that's. Me on. Uh, it was my hey, pleasure, Pierre. I could listen to you talk all day. Really, I mean, you're, like we I've been listening politics, to you for you know, a long TV time. Nine eleven. So. We were talking politics. Uh, Yesterday, a little bit of dinner, and that was interesting. <laughs> well, I, I don't That's, know if we we don't have time to go on that. You don't direction. want to go there, Andy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm no. To wrap the show up, and uh, David's opening yet another uh, avenue no, of I conversation. <laughs> All right. We're going to go out on the boat. We're going to go on the boat. So, All right. Well, thank you, Andy. Again Pierre, for thank, me. Pierre, thank it. you so much for doing this. Really enjoyed it, and I'm glad the MMR listeners who aren't getting to hear you this week can tune into our podcast and yeah. get an, get an hour of Pierre anyway. So that'd be nice. Yeah. Nice. So thanks again, cool. Pierre. All the best. All right, you too. My pleasure. All right, so Dave, you Dave, you still there? Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm still here. Taylor, let's play our commercial from Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates, and then Dave and I will be right back to wrap it up. Hi, my name is Gabe, and I have autism. When I was diagnosed with autism, I realized it was hard for me to do what people call normal. For example, I would get easily upset and overreact to small problems. When it was time for me to go to college, I had an especially hard time. That's when I went to Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates. Gabe made the right choice. They helped me prepare for college with my interests in mind. They taught me coping strategies, organization skills, and self-advocacy. Not only that, they boosted my confidence using evidence-based treatment programs such as Think Confident, Be Confident. This helped me prepare for employment opportunities as a peer mentor here at Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates. We are dedicated to improving the lives of teens and young adults with autism. Thanks to them, I am better prepared for college and can continue my life's journey. Now I can pursue a career in animation and continue my job as a peer mentor. Behavioral Pediatrics and ABA Therapy Associates in Lansdale, PA. Call us at 267-663-7141. All right, Dave, you still back? You still there? Uh, yeah. All right, well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I won't keep you on the line very much longer because I know you want to get out okay. onto the water and yeah. enjoy, enjoy the weather. Plus, Dallin has to get into her bathing suit and jump into, right. the, jump into the lake, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so, right. and, yeah, and we, we will see video of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, Dave, let's mention a couple upcoming shows. Uh, this right. Sunday uh, over at the Kelly Music Center uh, in uh, Havertown, uh, or the Kelly Center for Music and Arts, rather. It's the tribute for Adrian Hickman. That's at 3 p.m. Yes. on Sunday. It's probably sold out by now, but maybe there's yeah. still a few tickets. Maybe you can find a Great find lineup. a way to finagle your way in because there's an incredible lineup there's of musicians. Okay, well, yeah. it's an incredible lineup of musicians, uh, yeah. and we're going to be paying tribute to yeah. one of the greatest supporters of Philadelphia music that ever you know that yeah. we've, we've all known, and we all miss Adrian. So come out yeah. and uh, enjoy the music and, and pay tribute to Adrian, help support his family. Uh, so that's cool. That's nice. And then, of course, uh, October 5th in the pocket at the Ardmore Music in Hall. The pocket. Uh, songs yep. in the pocket. Songs in the pocket.org. Uh, they're going to be debuting Heaven Laughs that night, the, the yeah. uh, beautiful song from the Hooters. Um, and Dave, did you want to mention the um, the Glenn Goss uh, event on October twenty fourth? Yeah, my friend Glenn Goss, who passed away uh, in in June, we're going to do an, a, a, a night to celebrate his celebrate Glenn. Uh, it's going to be at the Living Room on uh, in Ardmore, uh, October twenty fourth. Uh, I think it's a seven o'clock start. 
tickets aren't available yet, but they will be shortly. Um, a bunch of guys who are going to come out, play some songs, and uh, honor the man. Right, and, and that was uh, originally going to be at, at uh, Calvary Christian Church in Northeast Philadelphia. Yeah, now it's at uh, it. the they, living room in Ardmore. They didn't Ardmore. want to have anything with rock and roll. They didn't want to have anything to do with rock and roll. Whatever, <laughs> I don't get it. Right. Well, <laughs> the living room is a great place to see live music. I mean, you're right that you're right on top of the performers, so it's it's. Yeah, a cool, I think it worked out for the best. It, like, oh, it always seems to that kind of thing. You know? that, that's, it moved that's, for a reason. And and speaking of Glenn, uh, of course, please go on uh, gotpeace.com, our friend, yes. uh, friend of the show, Trudy Handelman. Uh, they've got great merchandise and spreading the message of peace and portions of the proceeds uh, help uh, support uh, cancer research. And uh, so yeah. it's, uh, yeah, gotpeace.com. They do good stuff. Yep. All right. Well, well, Dave, I'm so glad we got Pierre on the show. We've been trying to get Pierre for that? a while. And it, how are we going to yeah. do it? Because he's on the air when we're on the air. And the fact yeah. that, you know, he did it while he was on vacation. What a, you know, wow. that was great that he gave us 45 minutes uh, on his vacation. Wow. And plus, I you know, get him for 10. Yeah, right. You know, and, we got him for 45 minutes. Right. And, and early in the morning. It's only uh, yeah, it's, it's not even it's Which just 10 o'clock out there where you yeah. guys are. So Pierre exactly. did it. He did it at 915 in the morning where yeah. he is. And uh, that's very early for, for Pierre. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. Uh, that, that was great. So enjoy the rest of your time out in Tahoe. The re- Taylor and I will okay. you know, we'll manage to, uh, you know, plot, plot along here in uh, West Efford. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we want to see pictures and videos. We're going to send you a photo uh, so you can use... Uh, oh, yeah. Send us a picture of you and uh, you so, Pierre to promote the yeah. show. So. Excellent. All right. Excellent. Well, this was great. Episode right, 47 in the books. Thanks to Dave. 47. Thanks to, thanks to Dave, Dallin, Pierre. Thanks to Taylor Behind the Glass, Wildfire Radio, Philly Rock Radio. I'm Andy, and we'll see you next week on In the Pocket.